Turn in your copy of God's Word to Luke chapter 2. If you're using the Bible in front of you, it's page 909. And we're going to read from verse 8 to verse 20. We have been going through this Christmas season, the makings of a model manger. Now, most of you know, if not, uh, I'll tell you now, uh, we had our, welcomed our baby Isabella Grace uh, two weeks ago tomorrow. And so I brought a picture, of course. There she is. And she's beautiful like mom, thankfully. And uh, so she is at home, and hopefully, we pray this is what she's doing right now, because uh, she did not do this last night. Uh, so, uh, and you know, uh, as most of you know, we had an interesting way to get here. God uh, allowed us to wait six years and just patiently trust Him, and then Isabella Grace was born. And here's the thing, uh, she was due the 19th. The doctor said, well, we're going to get her on the 15th. Then they changed it. We're going to do the 12th, and she came on the 11th. So uh, I know that planning a birth is not something that is in our control. But God, before the foundations of the world, knew that we needed a Savior. And he planned every aspect of the coming of his son, the Messiah. Every aspect of it. From the angels to Mary and Joseph. And today we're going to focus on some unlikely audience members, the shepherds. Why were they privy to such an amazing, historical, life-altering, world-altering event? Well, today we're going to look at that as God made the model manger. We need to listen, just like the shepherds, to the message of Christmas. Let us read beginning of verse 8. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at, their not, at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at the shepherds, what the, the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Let us pray. God, we pray this morning as we have come to you. We know your word contains life. We know your word points us to your son, Jesus. And the word tells of a story, an event that changed history, and an event that changed many of our lives, that a Savior came, was born, died on a cross, so that we might live. 
We pray as we listen to your word that we, through the Holy Spirit, would listen, obey, and be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a businessman by the name of George Mason. It's not the George Mason. It's a George Mason who was a businessman and was very profitable, very good. But he was kind of a modern-day Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, He was a loner. He didn't want to have anything to do with public things or Christmas. He didn't like celebrations of many things. And so uh, as his co-workers, uh, his people that worked for him actually left for the day, he thought he would go back to check on the vault one last time before he left. As he did, unfortunately, the vault door closed behind him. And for two days, he stayed stuck in the vault. Now, Here is a man who wanted to avoid everything about Christmas, got his wish. For two days, he was in a vault and missed every part of the holiday. You know, even though we might not be stuck in a vault, many times we can miss Christmas. We can be busy about the holiday. We can be concerned about the lights and the decorations that we must do, the nativity scenes even. The office parties, the the church parties, the bank holidays, uh, the advertisements, uh, the shopping list, the the food, everything that in all intentions is good creates a busyness in which we seem disconnected from God during Christmas. Well, in our text today, we see that there was the first audience that had their hearts ripe and ready to hear the Christmas message. You see, the secular world at the time had no business wanting to know anything about Jesus. The secular world in Bethlehem was bouncing with crowds and cash. The innkeeper that met Mary and Joseph were only concerned about those that were in the inn. They didn't care about who was in the womb of this Mary. The political world missed Jesus. Herod was more concerned about obtaining power, obtaining, uh, keeping his rule. Uh, So when the wise men came and visited him, he wanted to get rid of the baby. Later in life, we see that the political world had no concern or care about Christian community. Even the religious world missed Jesus. Religious leaders were preoccupied by their court cases and fundraising. And as we see Jesus grows up, that the first century religious leaders really were more jealous of his popularity than about what Jesus had to say. But here lowly shepherds listened to the angels. Here lowly shepherds were the first people other than Mary and Joseph to hear that the Messiah who had been waited for centuries had arrived. Talk about a privilege. I don't know about you, but I would like to say that during the Christmas season that I'm drawn closer to God, not further away from him. That during the Christmas season, I want a fresh encounter with the God who cared so much about me that he sent his son to die for me. That that during the Christmas season, that I want to grow closer to God and other Christians than to be so busy 
then I miss all about it. And I don't know about you, but busyness tends to bring loneliness. The more that we're busy, the more we're disconnected to people, and we're more disconnected to God. So how can we, this Christmas season, be like the shepherds and be the perfect audience for Christ, the gospel, the good news about God? So let's look at these elements that the shepherds have, and maybe we can emulate some of those and be closer to Christ this Christmas. The first that made the shepherds unique was that the shepherds were outcasts. In verse 8, we see that in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock at night. Here we see this scene, this busy Bethlehem during the census. Here were these shepherds out in a field by themselves at night in the dark. They were outcasts. They weren't just outcasts because of their profession or because of what they did, but they were outcasts nonetheless because of it. The Talmud and other Jewish traditions and teachings find that the shepherds were religious outcasts. To the Jewish people and religious law, these men were unclean. They were prevented from doing all the religious traditions, and so they were not welcome to be part of many of the religious fanfare. Shepherds were also borderline social outcasts. I mean, uh, they were kind of like the... Uh, the, the ancient carnies or the ancient gypsies that traveled around. I mean, they spent all day with sheep. Uh, they were out in the fields. And when they would come into town, many say, felt like that the shepherds weren't people they wanted to have around town very often. They didn't want them at the family dinner. They didn't want them around because they were afraid these people who spend most of their day with sheep weren't trustworthy with things around the town. And on top of that, they didn't really have much contact with other people. When it says they were living out in the fields, they, the word staying out there, they were living out there. I mean, friends, they were shepherds who were caretakers of sheep. They had to, to fend off predators at night. They had to make sure the sheep were taken care of 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They had a busy life in the wilderness, but isn't it not surprising that God first brought his message to the shepherds? God's favorite people are outcasts and the humble. Isaiah, excuse me, Luke uh, chapter 1, 52 through 53, it says, He has brought down rule, rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. God comes to the outcasts. God comes to those who are different. God comes to those of us who are outcasts because of our sin. The world, we should love God, but instead our sin keeps us from Him. But it's by grace that God has come to us with a Savior. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The good news for us today is just like the shepherds, we're all outcasts. We're either outcasts by the world because of our belief in God. Some of us would say we're outcasts because we're just different from everyone else. But we're all outcasts spiritually because of our sin.
Do you see yourself as an outcast? Well, good news. You're welcomed by God. Maybe you have a different problem today. Maybe you have the opposite problem. Maybe you think you're more than something. Maybe you think you're somebody. Maybe you think this Christmas season that you're the Martha Stewart of Christmas decorating or the Rachel Ray of Christmas baking or the Oprah of Christmas gift giving. A new car, you know. Or the Clark Griswold of Christmas decorating. You think so highly of this self because you can make the most perfect holiday, the perfect memories, the perfect life because you control everything in your life. Maybe you're a Christian that not just at Christmas thinks that you only need God for the big things in life and that every circumstance that you can handle, he has the rest. Be reminded of this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will receive the kingdom of God. Be reminded that you need God because of your sinfulness. Be reminded because you are unable to receive salvation apart from yourself. Be reminded that you don't have it all together. None of us do. We're all outcasts. And the good news of Christmas is this, is that Jesus came and died on a cross and was buried and rose again. And the Bible says that if we repent and believe, we can be saved. We're outcasts, and the shepherds were. But maybe this humbling of our hearts is what we need this Christmas season to meet with him. Secondly, we see that the shepherds had also had open hearts. In verse 15, after the angels had declared and sang their song and brought this good news of Jesus, look at how they responded. When the angels had left and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. The shepherds had received this spectacular message from the angels, but they could have compared this to their own traditions and logic. A baby? A manger? This is not how the Messiah is supposed to come. These angels don't know what they're talking about. We're just going to stay right here and we'll let somebody else sort this foolishness out. They could have consulted educated people. They could have researched and, and thought maybe this makes better sense another way. But the story would have been totally different if the shepherds would have had hard hearts. But they had open hearts. They were willing to listen. They were willing to learn. They were willing to be challenged by God and his word. How many of us want to hear God speak to us in every aspect of our life? But how many of us have the open hearts that we can listen? Friends, when Jesus was teaching, Jesus rebuked openly his disciples for their hard hearts. Paul said the Gentiles live callous, sinful lives because of their hard hearts. Friends, people with hard hearts only get rocks for Christmas because we're not willing to listen and have an open heart to listen to Christ. Here we see that the shepherds had open hearts to receive the best news, that the Savior had come in the form of a baby. If you want God to reveal things to you today, maybe you need to get past your traditions you're holding on to. Maybe you need to let go of the sin that has entangled your heart. 
Maybe you need to stop relying on your own logic. Maybe you need to spend more time in the Word and listen to what God has to say to you. Is your heart open this Christmas? Or have you shut it down and want to tell God more things than to listen to what He has to say to you? Thirdly, we see that the shepherds responded with obedience. Because of their openness, they were willing to respond with faithfulness and obedience. Verse 16, they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Look, they're listening. Their heart challenge, what they had heard, immediately went to action. They followed what the the angel said and they went to see for themselves. Yes, you have to listen to the message But you have to do more than hear. You have to obey. It's easy for us to listen to God, but it's even harder to obey. You know, it's just like you come Sunday after Sunday or or go into a Bible study and you hear these wonderful messages from God's Word. But it tickles your heart. It even maybe convicts you in the moment. But how many of those lessons, how many of those studies how many of those times digging personally into God's word have you said God I want to change my heart to be more obedient to you how often have you said yes God I want to look more like your son in this area I want to do this starting today help me as I walk through this in the book of celebration of discipline by Richard Foster he says this if worship does not change us It has not been worship. To stand before the Holy One of eternity is to change. If worship does not propel us into greater obedience, it has not been worship. Just as worship begins in holy expectancy, it ends in holy obedience. Holy obedience saves worship from being an opiate, an escape from the pressing needs of modern life. Worship enables us to hear the call to service clearly, So we can respond, here I am, send me. What is God telling you this Christmas? Is it a habit to break? Is it a calling? Is it someone to share Christ with? Is it to say, I'm no longer just going to put off joining a life group, but I'm going to join a life group? Is it no longer going to put off going on a mission trip, I'm going to go on a mission trip? Is it, I'm going to be filled with the Spirit and live with the Spirit in my family, with my family, with patience and love instead of selfishness? How am I going to respond today because of who God is, what He has shown me, and what He has revealed to me in His Word? Friends, the shepherds responded with obedience. And if we see that our sin has been taken away by the Savior... In the same way, we should say, God, help me to obey you. Be like the shepherds who respond to the message of Christmas through obedience. And number four, the shepherds spread the word. Verse 17, after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed by what the shepherds said to them. After the message was confirmed and the amazing things occurred in the shepherd's life, they went around telling the story to others. 
They couldn't contain the good news of what God has shown to them. Imagine this, friends. This was Jesus the baby. Not yet Jesus who died for our sin. Here we are on the other side of the cross knowing that the only hope that I had in my life for my sin was Jesus. And now I have seen him and known that he has died for me. How much more excitement and joy that we should be sharing with him, sharing with others that Christ has come, Christ has died, Christ is risen, and he has died and saved me. And he should say, can save you. Friends, how much more that we have something to share this Christmas with our friends, our family, around the holiday gatherings. The one that people that we know that is far from Christ, how much more should we share with them? Friends, we will be willing to share anything with anybody. Something happens good in our life and we're quick to take a selfie and share it. We go to a good restaurant. We are quick to tell others to go to it. We see a movie that we like. We want everybody to go see that movie. How much more should we go to the person who takes away the sin of the world? Friends, we need in our lives to share the good news like the shepherds. Today's marketing world there's a strategy of word-of-mouth advertising, and there's, there's a lot of different strategies and buzzwords that, that, that companies want people talking about their product, their event, or what is going on. But there is a principle that is taught about this. And its principle is this. If you want a successful strategy, you have to remember from the beginning there has to be one person willing to spread the message. Friends, are you the one person willing to spread the message of Jesus? Why did the shepherds get to hear about Jesus first? Because they were going to spread the message. Don't blame, blame God if you don't see things going on in your life. Don't, don't see, blame God if things, people aren't coming to Christ in your life. The question should be, are you sharing Jesus? Because if you are, you're going to see more things happening in your life. God is going to be real to you in a new way. You're going to see the growth in your own life. You're going to see the growth in other people's life. Who's supposed to spread the message of Christmas? Is it Hallmark and cards? Is it Frosty and Rudolph cartoon messages? Is it the media? Is it news programs? Is it Facebook and social media? Or are you the one that's supposed to spread the message of Christmas? Friends, God's priority, God's plan is that Christians, humans, share the good news with other humans. Are you doing that this Christmas? The announcement first went to the shepherds. They didn't ask if God was sure if he knew what he was doing. Had the angel gone to theologians, they would have first consulted their commentaries. Had they gone to the elite, they would have looked around to see if anyone else was watching. Had they gone to successful, they would have first looked at their calendars. So God sent angels to shepherds, men who didn't have a reputation or a project or an ax to grind or a ladder to climb, men who didn't know enough to tell God that angels don't sing and sheep to sheep that messiahs aren't found in rags in a feeding trough. Instead, the shepherds listened, 
heard, obeyed, and shared the message of Christmas. And maybe we should learn from them a humility of life. I've never been to Israel, never been to that region, but I know those who have. And I've seen the pictures. I've seen the pictures of uh, in Bethlehem of the supposed area where could be the birth of the Messiah. A small cathedral outside Bethlehem. It marks this place in a, a small cave lit by silver lamps. You can enter quietly into the cave to the star embedded floor. But here's the key. To get there, you have to stoop. The door is so low, you can't go in standing up. Friends, what a reminder to us that we must be humble. We must be lowly like the shepherds. We must know that Christ comes to the poor in spirit. The same is true as Christ. You can't come to Jesus proud, but you must come humble. This Christmas, will you stoop to worship Jesus? Will you make him Lord of your life? Will you make more of him and less of yourself? Maybe today, for the first time in your life, you would say, I need Christ as my Savior. You would see your sin and understand that you can't overcome it by your good works. You can't overcome it by time. You can't overcome it by tradition. Sin can only be overcome through the sacrifice of a Savior. That Savior born that we celebrate at Christmas. Would you receive him this Christmas? Would you repent, turn from your sin, and believe, trust that it is Christ alone who can save you? Friends, you might have come here this morning very proud of yourself, busy thinking about what this evening means and the calendar is but friends don't leave here without the gift of Christmas don't leave without trusting Christ as Savior all of us need to learn from the shepherds we must be lowly and maybe we all need to say Christ be big in our hearts and make us low let us pray God we are thankful for your word we're thankful that you came and God, we're thankful that you knew our need, that our salvation could not be done by ourselves, but only through the work of the Savior. God, we are thankful for your son, Jesus. Though we see him as a baby, we need to see him as a Savior. He grew up perfect and died for us. We celebrate this day because we were not left in our sin, but instead you came to show us your love. We pray that we would be lowly in all of our lives, dependent on you, depending on our love and worship of you, and dependent on a Savior who one day we will stand before you and he will be our God and Savior and advocate Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.